We were fighting our way out of the hood through music and dance and art. And our words that we wrote on the wall was art that say we here, we present, and we alive. The secrets of the rap game exposed. This is real rap. We have Salim Graham in the building of Deck Records, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. This interview right here. He took us all over the place from the womb of hip hop to the dirty south to here in the burg. His story's very interesting. Ain't too much I gotta say except just sit back and listen to this one. Alright, it's gonna peep you on some game. So, yo. Shut up and sit down. Let's get it. So, New York City, 1984, I'ma say. Yonkers, New York. We in, um,. We in this we in this building. It's not a building, but it's like a brownstone, an old brownstone. Back then, Apple computer, we running back and forth from my school, PS13. You know, I remember the first Apple computers and shit, you know. Wilding out in Yonkers, New York, seeing my mother, father wild out. But I'm on the top bunk and it's late night. We listening to KISS FM. That was a radio station. Next thing I know I hear. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Uh, 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 uh. And I'm on the edge of the bunk, like, laying in the sleep, like, yeah. This our music. <laughs> you know, I'm sleep hastily, young kid. Next thing I know, I see, like, 30 rats chase my sister out of her bed. She's like, shoot, shoot, get away. Next thing I know, oh, shit, she's... Rats, roaches, that's Bronx, New York, that's Yonkers, that's the streets. That's hip-hop. But when I heard the music that was coming out of our streets... I realized we finally had a way out. And then I heard Run DMC. He said, take the head off a devil and I throw it at you. I said, oh, yeah, hip-hop is ours. We got that. We got hip-hop. We got music now. I got tired of watching MTV, seeing Cindy Lauper and all them funny videos. And wait, I wear my sunglasses. We was watching them videos on, 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 on BET. We're like, where our music at? Hip-hop come out. Oh, we got something for ourselves. It's over. And I decided to take hip-hop over at that time as part of me. I'm hip-hop. This is our life. They talk about me right now. We in the projects. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge in the streets. Like, we there. You rapping about my life. So, that was hip-hop for me. Talking about me, like us, our family. You know what I'm saying? What we doing? Breakdancing uh, on cardboard boxes with boom boxes. Uh, Adidas. This is something. Hey, go hip Y'all don't know this part about hip-hop, right? We have windbreakers. Do anybody know what a windbreaker is? If I say what a windbreaker is, it's a jacket that you could turn to a football that you play with outside. When you're done, you, you boil your jacket up into the, into the pocket on the front, and it turns to like a little football shape, and we used to play with it. You know what I'm saying? You throw your windbreaker on, and then when you're done playing, shh, unfold your jacket, throw your windbreaker back on. It's Adidas, you know what I'm saying? But you throw your hood on, and the windbreaker, the windbreaker allowed you to do the windmill and the head spin on cardboard boxes. That's why niggas rocked windmills, because you could break dance in it. You know what I mean? Who know that about hip-hop? No, you don't know that about hip-hop. Who, I'm going I'm to I'm go and find me a windmill, a, 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 a windbreaker. I don't know who or where. Somebody out there got to find. If, then you'll see what hip-hop meets graffiti, graffiti and break dancing. Break dancing meets hip-hop. Uh, breakdancing was a part of hip-hop because we was like ninjas. We was like kung fu, and we always watched karate movies in them days, like... And that and that was like our dances. We would we would break dance according to um, kung fu dances, 
and having a windbreaker allowed that to happen. So when you windmilling and head, head spinning and doing all them breakdance moves while listening to the music and hearing what we talking about, now you can see our culture. Our culture, we were fighting our way out of the hood through music and dance and art. And our words that we wrote on the wall was art that say we here, we present, and we alive. And the illest way you write show you ill with it. You not, you not out here slouching. You know what I'm saying? You you got your tag on the wall, and they can, and they gotta erase it. You tag them again. You know what I mean? So the whole movement was, we writing our art. You can see we alive, we here, we colorful, yeah, we and we moving, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and we on the go now. Like and that's what uh, 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 that was like the rebirth after the segregation days and slavery. The, the children of those people was fighting for us to be free. Like my moms and dads, they fought for Malcolm X. They were standing locked in arm in front of the mosque. You know what I'm saying? When Malcolm X was dead, keeping the police out. So that was the foundation I was raised on. My pops was very soldier, you know, and my uncles and all them, you know. And so when 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 we got our freedom, sort of, in the 70s, the children that was birthed from that freedom is why hip hop is began, because we had more freedom than the 60s children. So our music was more free. We was more able to say what we wanted to. If you was a political movement fighter, freedom fighter in, in the northern states, in the southern states, you didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? You didn't have that freedom fight in you. So you didn't create a music. You had old hymns from churches, which still developed in terms of the hip hop. Those whole old down south rhythms and loops came from deep rooted church music that was real deep though. My grandfather was a deacon in the south and they had a stomp. When he stomped me saying his gospel, he, he would shake the house. Then it was like a deep root. So I appreciate down south music because their struggle was just trying to stay black. You know what I mean? In a racist south. Country, country farms versus the New York ground where we was activists fighting, struggling. So, you know, hip hop kind of married itself into the, all nations across all all people from the root that we came from. It's like it's like hip hop is the voice of of our ancestors coming to modern times or something like. I guess you want to say, you know what I mean? A, a, a fight. I mean, that's what. What else, man? I can't really say anything about hip hop, man. Okay. <laughs> I could so, go on and on. So, so my question to you is this, right? Yeah. Now, it called to you. Mm -hmm. So why did you answer the call? I answered the call because you back? I felt like it, I felt like it was talking to me. It said, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I was on the edge. Like you done, you done went out. I was on the edge. I said, you calling me to come out. I got to come out because who else is calling me right now? Nobody else is talking to me. So I got to come out and I got to come forward and speak to that. I got to come and say, yeah. I'm on the edge. I'm I, like raise your hand in class. Here I'm here. Like, if you present, raise your hand. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's like. You know what I'm saying? I, I, think about that. How do you gotta have a group of kids in class and tell them to raise your hand if you present? If you're not present, you obviously not gonna raise your hand. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get. I didn't. Get, I'm present. I'm here. I'm in class. I'm ready to go. So I had to call. I had to come. So where did the journey take you? The journey took me through a vast world of trials and tribulations. So hip hop to me, I said, I hear what they saying and I want to make it better. I, they, they, they said, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. Well, what happens when we're not on the edge anymore? You know what I mean? So I kind of like as a child said, I'm going to take what they did and I'm going to make it better. And so the journey took me to a leadership position to where I was not a follower of hip hop. I was going to be a creator of hip hop. And so for me to be a creator of hip hop, I had to become a universe myself. So the journey took me to a collective place in my mind where I had to be the best. 
I had to be hip hop. I had to own it. I had to make the best music, write the best lyrics so that I can give out an infinite amount of songs, tracks. I could just be a source of hip hop. Come to me, you get what you want. So the journey took me to a place where I had to be all that. You know what I mean? I had to be a leader. The journey took me to a place where I had to be a leader in music to where I could be a source of music. And that's where I'm at right now. Now you've been all over the place, right? I like it. Tell me about like the experiences. <laughs> just ready to be places. listening Every to Every place has its own unique vein of hip hop. The most unique place was Atlanta. I I I had just came off a movie set and we got close to one of the uh, set props, one of the PA guys who would run around with cables all day. He liked our family. He actually liked my sister. Name was Paris Range, and we the the set we was filming was. Freedom song, Jason Weaver, All My Good Junior, that film that came out, 98-99. When we left the set, he said, Can y'all can come to my place? So we visit him. We got real close. Time passes by. He's in Atlanta. He calls me up, come down to this party. Alright. They was filming a movie with Red Fox at the time. In the hood, College Park. I didn't know who was gonna be there. And so I'm drinking, getting crunk. It comes supposed to act like it's a party. Meanwhile, it's a movie set. So I got fucked up. And then, see, I know somebody said, I heard you rap. I was like, all right. They said, here go Pastor Troy, main man right here. I said, Pastor Troy? I never heard of Pastor Troy because I'm from New York. You know what I mean? I didn't know who Pastor Troy was, but I'm in the South. I said, all right, well, let's go get it. They said, we got to battle. All right, we going to battle. So I battled him like, I battled in the streets, like, tear faces off, tiger shit, you know, tiger ball, Dragon Ball Z rap, you know what I mean? He came at me like, I fucked bitches and got money. The crowd got hype. I lost the battle. I said, oh shit, what the fuck is this? I tell this nigga apart it. He said he fucking bitches. I'm like, you got bitches? He called you bitches. I'm like, oh shit. You see the difference? I said, damn, I lost that battle. I said, damn. How how's that? How's how is that? Like, I literally ate him up. But this is Pastor Troy. He was already in. I didn't know who Pastor Troy was. I'm battling them fucking star. Like, you know what I mean? I'm drunk as fuck. New Yorker from the New York. And, and, and so minutes later, here comes Jermaine Dupri. I didn't know this. All I know is he had about two or three people around him. They walked up. They approached me because I guess they just heard the battle. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know he was even at the party. And he was like, uh, "This is yo, this is my man. This is JD. I said, JD, can't be Jermaine Dupri. I'm drunk. Shook his hand. First thing that came to my mind was, God damn, the fuck niggas hands? Shit was all, like he just came from a, from, like he never did no work. I said, the fuck is this? I said, this, it got to be Jermaine Dupree now. Nigga hands look like he fucking millionaire. Look at him watching shit all, I'm like, the fuck? Dapped him up. Jermaine Dupree asked me, so what you trying to do, man? <laughs> I was so on my shit, I said, I'm trying to do me. He said, what's that? He said, what you trying to do? I said, nigga, I'm doing me, man. What the fuck? I just say. He said, all right, and walked away. Hour later, I said, did I just miss a... <laughs> What the fuck did I just do? <laughs> but that's the South to me. That was hip hop to me. That, to me, I, 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 all I knew was, if it is Jermaine Dupree, I think he need to know that I'm trying to do me. If it is Jermaine Dupree, I think he need to know this. But then I second guessed it. Damn, what if I... Made a mistake, you know. But at the same time, did I? I'm trying to do me. And shouldn't he have respected that and said, okay, let's go. I can help you do you. He didn't offer. He just walked away. Was he afraid of that? 
You know what I mean? Did that bother him that I said I'm trying to do me and I'm not trying to ride just shit because I don't even know who the fuck you are? So I ain't really know how to take that. But I don't know the down, but from from down south. That was a down south experience, and I took my same energy to VA. My rap name was the Iron Lion, and I had some people who was with the Tribe of Judah, a whole Brooklyn squad, a whole another set. And so they said it's a rap battle, 50 MCs. I said, all right, I'm joining. I came in, I brought my uh, tape with me, and I wrote my name on the list, Iron Lion. Let's see, I know. Everybody in the crowd, and the VA is different than the north, in the south. Everybody was with bottles and blunts, and everybody had dreads, and everybody was either from VA or New York. It and it was a good East Coast gritty vibe. Everybody got guns and armor, and I'm a, I'm up there solo. I got Tim's my partner with me, Tim's and Fatigues, and I'm up there solo with my man, but he with his girl, and they 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 weren't, you know. Oh, okay, here go the battle. We want the first rapper to come up who got the illest name. Guess who? Iron Lion. He got the illest name out of all y'all. He go first. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. You know, man, I get up there on the stage. I spit my rap. They brought my man I was battling. He, they brought him up there with me. It's Iron Line Go. And I went in. <sighs> Something I had remembered I wrote. Put my mic down. Dude grabbed his mic up. I can't fuck with you. And walked away off the stage. The crowd said, oh, everybody. You can see the crowd. They pointing at me. Get your ass. Meanwhile, I'm like, you ain't going to get me, bro. You don't even know. I got 10,000 more raps. I was on. I was ready. From 1997. No, I stopped counting at 1997. From like 1993 to 97, I stopped counting at 377 pages of raps that I was studying and mastering. I would write rhymes and number them. One, three, five, seven. And if it was a seven, that other seven got a rhyme. The next line, seven, two, four, six, eight. And I would time them to each click of the beat, tick, 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 tick. And one word would drop per tick, and one word would drop per bat, and one word would drop per boom. And if there's a string, I would sing with the string. So my raps were meshed in with the, with the content of the music so much that you could remove the beat and still feel like you hear the beat because of the way that I'm present. It's, it's so rhythmical. And it's it's that. It's music. My words are music. They'll sing to you without a beat. I don't need a beat. And that's how I master each rhyme. But by that time, I got the four and saying, man, I said, I'm going to eat these rappers alive. I literally said to myself, they are not going to be able to fuck with me. And I knew that. Went on that stage, battled the first dude. I got to get I'll be coming up He walked off. Now, New York, I didn't even rap in New York until I got older. That was down south, because I grew up, I was raised in New York, then we left and went down south, and that's how I got out of my south experience. By the time I was 25, 24, 25, went back to New York, 26. When I got to New York, it was a whole different energy. I was just doing shows, but I needed to get out there, so the streets came back to me, and I walked to Hot 97. I told, I called them at first. They said, yeah, you could come down, drop some music, or buy it came down they said you can't get in here you got to have an appointment i was like i got an appointment who are you naming on the list i said come on man i need to get up in this building i got my i'm ready to go you're making me late all right they gave me a pass i got in the building hot 97 went right, right up there dropped my single off we made it saw the biggie plaques on the wall and i'm just there like wow I, I lied my way in hot 97 just now i didn't have a meeting but they said i could drop it they, no they said i could send them the material i said well i send it i'm gonna bring it to them personally i'm not gonna send it so and I got my way in Hot 97, and then minutes, moments late after I left, it just got different. And I think uh, three months later, there's a song out by Frank Ocean, Jay-Z, and Kanye West. 
and it's called Made in America. Same style of song that I dropped dropped off the Hot 97. Same formula, and J even in one of Jay Z's lines, he said, "What up, Yaya?" That was, and in the same time that I said my "What up, Yaya?" to my brother in my song, called "We Made It in America," Sweet Jesus. You ever heard it? Probably. Uh, you know I me. Mean? Of course not. I happen to come across it because I found a video on YouTube. I compared their video. I compared their video to my video. Well, my mother said, don't battle because I ain't got enough money. She said, you'll lose anyway. Take it as, oh, your shit is so ready that, um, yeah, they, they, that, they, 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 they tried to stop you. And they took We Made It and made it theirs. They did, they, did a whole, they did a whole Made in America tour. The whole time I promote my We Made It, my We Made It numbers went down. Their We Made It numbers went up. And then they did a whole Made in America tour via Budweiser. You are now tuned in to Real Rap. I wanted to do something for the community because I felt like I was blessed. I had enough to help people just with a computer and the simple knowledge of music. So I wanted to teach the youth. And um, so in Ohio, I had this uh, inspiration one day and I, and I walked up to these youth and they was out there on the block hustling. I said, I'll get them free studio time if they stayed off the block. And so we got up, went to the studio. They accepted the offer. 30 days later, they had a whole album done. And... You know, during that time, it was a lot of ups and downs. They was back and forth on the block, going through it with their kids. They was young, 19, 18, with kids, you know, out there doing their thing. And uh, we would feed them, you know. They would eat, feel feel, feel like, yeah, I'm in home. You know, but long story short, they, they came back 30 days later. And they was crying at my door saying their mom respected them. They was like... The streets love us now. They saw what we did with our time. And the most important aspect of that was that at the end of the day, he said, we're not gangbanging no more because the streets respect us now. And it was all because of music, free studio time, free initiative, free incentive, free help, you know, offering the clothes off my back. If you needed a T-shirt, your shirt dirty, nigga, take that. You know what I mean? Something like that. And they respected that. And... I was not in any fear. They had to come to the studio, take their weapons off, put them to the side, bulletproof vests off. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Listen to what I just said. They had to take the guns and the weapons off to pick up the mic. They had to. They was not going to be comfortable wearing that shit. They, they had to take it off. You understand the power in that? So if you give someone the option to take off a weapon and a gun and give them another option to pick up something else, they will choose the option and put down the weapon. Because the other option, they feel like they wanted to do it anyway. They, they didn't want to pick up the weapon. They had to pick up the weapon. They had no other choice. They had no other options. Their option was go shoot for your life until a blessing comes along and says, no, there's another, there's another option. So to me, hip-hop was the other option. Just like I said, I was raised on it. I birthed, it gave me the other option other than fighting in these streets. Hip-hop, oh, we got music. So that's my option. My option was we can rap and record and dance and just have fun. Really, it really was that. We we can have fun on, on TV and write music and dance and, you know, just be free and show people ourselves. I would rather do that than to be struggling and dying out here on a block. Why not? Why not entertain the world with who we are and show the world how gifted and talented we are? And, you know, look how we move. Hey, we got breakdancing. Look how we sound when we, we do our music. You know, it was like a presentation of self. We get to show people who we are. And that was something that, 
you know, hip hop brought to me. We can show people who we are and you can listen to us and we're not we're not bad. We're just in a bad situation when we want to get out. So that giving that them kid them youth that option. Now after that I did it again in, in the South, in North Carolina, from Ohio to North Carolina. And this this young man graduated from high school off of it. He um he wasn't gonna graduate without passing as uh, a senior project. And uh, I knew he had a great passion for music, so I offered him a free studio time. He did a couple tracks. I felt like he had a gift. And uh, he presented me with the fact that he wasn't gonna graduate without passing. I said, well, let's go talk to your teachers. I went to his school one day, told him how good he is, and told him I'm a producer. And they was like, well, he could do a senior project on hip hop, but it gotta be a 12 page book report. It gotta be a PowerPoint project. It gotta be a flyer. It gotta be album cover and a five song demo about his schoolwork. And so we put it together. They gave us a time frame. They said, if he doesn't complete this by X amount of days, he will not graduate high school and walk across that stage. He came to my studio. We put it down. We presented the teachers with the final project. He graduated because of that. And not only that, they played this song at pep rallies. We got the front page news stating that this kid graduated. They called it a graduation rap. You know, they interviewed this young man. How did you do this? Well, this man gave me free studio time and he told me to write about my schoolwork and my classwork. And he told me to, you know, respect my dad and do my homework. <laughs> and uh, he, 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 I can't even really, um, you know, put into perspective what that would make me feel like to see that in a racist community, a young youth from the ghetto whose both parents is Crips and, you know, that's all he know, graduate high school because he has somebody to help him focus his attention on what he really loved to do, which was music. I didn't tell him to don't curse, don't do this, don't do that, but for your project, you can't curse. But I told him, be yourself. Just focus on 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 the, the good that you have in you. And so he would write his pain out. He wouldn't curse. He would interject that with his math, with his studies, with his learning. And uh, the teachers really gravitated around it. I mean, a an, uh, youth in 11th grade, it was like, oh, man. We want to do the same thing. Next year, I get phone calls. I want to graduate too. How you get a phone call saying a kid saying, "I saw what you did last year. Um, can I graduate? You understand that? Can I graduate too? I mean, yeah, we can get you out of here. Let's do it." He graduated too. Another young lady. I want to graduate too. You know, people start lining up at the door. They in school all these years and can't graduate because they didn't educate them because they're young black youth in the racist community. Can't you can't you know? Well. Let's, let's educate you at home. And then when you go back to school, show them how smart you are. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Ain't that something? For the last week as a senior, I re-educated him completely. It deactivated all that crap they put in his mind. He said, no, listen. And I know your dad has got you in a bad situation. His dad said, if I see my son back at the studio, I'm breaking his jaw. My son don't need to be rapping. Well... Your son's going to not listen to you. You're going to have to break your son's jaw because he's going to come back. I can't stop him. He will be at my back window 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning crying. I got to get out of my dad's house. We start arguing. He, he's arguing and fighting with his dad. His dad fighting him and, you know, drunk and all this. His dad on dialysis. You know what I mean? Every day because he got diabetes and, he, you know, his son's going through it. Hungry. I ain't eating three, four days. Well, your dad, I don't know, you know. But his dad coming to me, I'm a break his jaw if he come back. And what I got to do, I got to stand up for the little man, not the father. I'll punch you in your face. You beat this man up in my crib. Get out of here. I know it's your son and all, but damn, he trying to educate himself and you ain't doing nothing to help him. 
And so, you know, he graduated high school from for a hip-hop album in a racist community. Mm-hmm. Sampson County, North Carolina, population 8,000, 80% black. You know what I mean? 10% white jurors and lawyers and sheriffs. You know what I mean? Barney Fife was the sheriff for real. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. We out there rapping and stuff. You know what I mean? Rapping. So that's the, that's, that's the life I have with the youth, and I want to continue that here in Pittsburgh, find a market, find a kid who's struggling, and, and give him everything for free. Just here, take this, what you need. And when you're done, how many copies you want? You, can you sell 50? Take 50. Sell them. This is your business now. You got a job. You graduate. You got a job. Now you're selling your own product. And that movement is something that I can see happen all across the country, all across the world. Deactivate that education that they can't make it without this, that, and the third. No, you a self-entertained business. You... This, if you, it's basically for music though, and if you're not into music, we got other avenues. If you want to be a graphic designer or artist, you want to publish this, you want to write the story up, you want to, you want to interview us. You know what I'm saying? We can create jobs like that. We'll give you all these services for free. If you don't rap, sing, or whatever, what do you like? You want to be engineer? Well, let's try to build something. Let's just do. Let's give you the skills to do something. Now do it. Just for the 16 to 21 group though. Mm-hmm. 16 to 21. That's the market. That's where we need to catch them at. <laughs> 16 to 21. You know, before they get too far gone. Hey, we could go younger, YMCA type exercise stuff. But that's my goal. Now you told me about uh your dealings with the uh infamous group mm-hmm. of like the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. Okay, it starts with the letter I mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it ends with I think it ends with the letter I. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. All right, break that down real quick. Well I was just building with my man on that briefly. I wanted to inform him. I felt like he could use some of this information. In the music industry, we know that there's a big word going out about how there are spells cast within the music to dumb down our population. Music with lyrics and beats that will continue to degrade ourselves and to manipulate our minds. So this particular group, they have control, and this is not even something I'm creating. I was in college and studied this information of how we add subliminal texts and images within our advertisements just so that we can sell a product. And it messes with your mind. You don't, you don't even know why you like a Coca-Cola. Meanwhile, they flash images of people having sex within the ice cubes. You don't even know what you're looking at. You're looking at orgies within the soda bubbles. You know what I mean? This is something I learned in college, how to do it and why to do it and what market to target. And how? You got to sell your product somehow. It's not illegal. We just know what, what you're going to bite. And what emotion is the biggest one humans have? Sexual drive. Everything is driven from that. From a man to have a queen, he will create a kingdom. And he will do it by any means. And he will get that queen. So if you manipulate the minds to control the kingdom, now you control Now you have, now you have slaves, but they're, they're merchants and slaves all within your kingdom and you're the one who owns the the building but you just got merchants coming in and out and the merchant has to follow the ordinances and pay you taxes so the artist becomes a merchant within a kingdom of someone who's manipulating the society to maintain a position of power um these individuals have contacted me because they knew i was a merchant they knew i had a product and they knew i could sell it but they knew that i didn't have to pay them and so they position themselves in a position to find where I needed some help. Oh, he needs some help. So let's say we'll offer it to him. And uh, to prove who we are, let's say we'll <laughs> crash an airplane or something to prove who we are so that he could see that it's real, it's not a game. Um, 
and let's see if he bites. Well, we didn't bite, you know, because I know that my products are not created within their realm. My products come from self, a gift. They, they cannot steal that. You know what I mean? It comes from the heart. And so that's what the message is. So, and going back to the children, I instilled the power in their hearts. That's how they were able to beat their system and graduate high school. We instill that power in their heart and let them know you have the power. You don't need them to tell you who you are. You are who you are and they know it. Now you need to know it. You know, and so they, they count on the fact that we don't know ourselves. If you don't know who you are, then they're going to manipulate you. You know, you must have self-worth. And so that is, and, and going back to hip-hop, that's what hip-hop gave me, self-worth. We have something that is our self. Hip-hop is from us. We created this. I have self-worth now, and I can enjoy my life. And you can't stop us. That's what it was. Music was up. I could walk through walls now. You can't stop us. Hey, we going in. You can't stop us. You can't stop us now, you know? And that's what it made me feel like. And so with that individual group, names not being said, it's a very, very powerful group of people. Um, one percent of the world, one percent of the world owned what something trillion dollars of our world e economy. Eighty-five percent of those, of the rest, excuse me, fifteen percent of the world owned the economy. The other eighty-five percent are basically poor compared to them. Mm -hmm. That's the global numbers of the globe. Most of the money is targeted to 15% of the people. These people are all unconnected. They have the full power. What can you do? You can be yourself. We only have a small window of life anyway. And while we have a small window of life, be yourself during that time. Whether they are existing here before or after, you played your part in a window of the universe where you did your best and you applied a positive energy out there. And that's pretty much all we could do. I don't want to take over the, the universe. I don't want to try to stop I can't save the world for between now and my, my life ends. Is that possible? Is it a possibility to change the world between now and the time my life ends? No, but it is a possibility to affect someone in a small window of opportunity. Like you, and when you help. So you, it's a perfect window of opportunity. You interjected something that's gonna make them have a smooth introduction into something, even if it doesn't be anything, but it's a smooth, it's a smooth start. I mean, that's pretty much all we could do with it, with them and, and, and They said they said they killed Tupac and Biggie, right? Are they dead? No, they're alive and up. They're alive. They say they killed Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. They're not dead. They're alive, even stronger. You know, within our minds, we can't forget about these individuals because we all got to die, one way or the other. But look what they did in their window of time. They're unforgettable. <laughs> Whether they were murdered or not, they're unforgettable. Timeless. We should all be timeless pieces. We should all be timeless pieces and factors that stand the test of time and live forever. And we all have the capability. We can all be artwork on a wall. We all could be graffiti that sometimes it may look old, but you remember that wall for that graffiti, even if they wipe it off. You still remember that wall. That, that wall held the best graffiti ever, but they cleaned it up by now, but it's not gone anywhere. Say something, be something, do something. And it will be recorded in life. You know what I mean? And so that's where I'm at with going against them. I'm going to say something, I'm going to do something. And you can't stop me. Because if I said it once, you can kill me tomorrow. I've already said it. Too late. Too late. Done. <laughs> and somebody's not going to forget it. You can't kill everybody. You can't kill everybody. Somebody might be born and, 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 and have a vision, a dream. I dreamed about something. You know what? That reminds me of something this dude said. You know what I mean? 
So it, it, it's a power that we, we got to recognize we got. And it's a connection with, with God, which I was telling them. Uh, eventually, it, I don't want to sound religious or nothing, but there is a creator. <laughs> there is a creator. Hmm. Yeah. Everything said in this podcast selection series is that of Celine Graham and Dan Status. You can find him at Deck Records. That's D-E-K Records. In Google. Yeah. Then from Google, there yeah. it is. He's everywhere. Yeah. You got this internet game yeah. on lock. Yeah. So what did you learn? Yeah. Hip hop's a powerful tool. Yeah. It can take you a lot of different places. Yeah. You can meet a lot of different people. Yeah. And you can do a lot of different things. Yeah. This is a power that we yeah. hold. Never forget that, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. We hold power. Yeah. And we gotta use it correctly. Yeah. We gotta think about these yeah. kids. Yeah. We gotta think about the future. Yeah. As we leave the building, Thunderbolts, 100 bars of death, SG on the mic. Turn my motherfucking headphones You heard that, man. He about to go win. I'm Dan Status, and this is real rap. Yeah. SG, great, great logic. Got 100 bars of death for y'all niggas. Yo. Coming out the gutter, singing no hymns, playing hot peas and butter. Dirty South coming from the fields with my mama. Tobacco Road Ninja holding swords with my brothers. Hip hop nigga, black out, Stevie Wonder. Black leather jacket, see my pop sing songs on the block in the summer. On some 87 shit, dirt road to the alley. 85 New York City, rockin' valley. Everything is classic. Manhattan, grab my couch, wrap the plastic. Always on some rap shit. Nigga never had nothing. Broke ass nigga from the project, jumping. Never gave a fuck, jumping out the car. Like I'm the cab driver. Hood nigga crank my car with the screwdriver. 95 lava. Deck Federation on the back of the V-neck. Even on the collar. Put my face on the dollar. Now I run shit like a fucking stolen virus. Speaking of the truth, why y'all niggas bunch of liars? Yeah, I'm on some new shit. Advocate exclusive. Coming up the cut like my man Cray Logic. Shoot a bunch of bullets, ain't no way that you can dodge it. Yeah, I'm always on some mob shit. Trying to sell a million. Graphic artist rap, drop my name on a building. I'm movie editor. Big Apple Mac, no pun intended, but I'm biting out of that. Nigga going hard like some motherfucking crack. Raised up a slave, broke away free, now I ran for the stage. Wrapped up the mic like Martin Luther King, and started spitting rhymes about them goddamn chains. SG the name, decade edition out the ashes, I am Kane, Red Sun, Phoenix Flame. Yo, oil paint my logo on the campus with a blade. Nigga, this is hip hop, no one can make you on no motherfucking flip flop. Ain't no fugazi, you can shit's not on this block with a 16 shot glistener. Yo, leave your shit leaking. How your family speaking to the motherfucking deacon? Any given Sunday, lying on your game while we focus on this Monday. 24 7, catch me on the corner, 8th Street, 211. Times Square, well, and on 40 fucking second. Coming out the subway, straight to the hood where them gangsters and them thugs play. Pissy hallways, graffiti tags, and a gun blade. Catch me yelling at my kids. Street shit, nigga, gotta get it how I live. Smoke a bunch of weed, blow steam out the lid. Turn my hat back. Crown top logo, decade on a snapback. With some two-tone jeans, I need my own sneaker. I don't wear label, put my label through your speaker. And brand my shield of honor, rock it on the flag. SG about to let the cat out the bag. What up, Palo G, Bull Rock, Wally L? Five to the G, walking through this fire on a bulletproof beat. If I had a million, I would give it to the street. Just so I can see all these starving kids eat. You talking with a lion, only diet niggas beat. And I'm vegetarian, smoke marijuana leaf. Waiting for my mixtape 
for the D3 Oda League, for the D3 Oda League. Yo, 16 bars, I'm trying to buy your block in like 16 cars. Snort a white line off of 15 bars. Tony Montana, I'm coming from the era where we rockin' bandanas. In Timberland boots, ain't no skinny jeans, niggas burning down the booth. Turn my mic up. Live for line dope like that motherfucking white stuff Play my track back Take a token, this nigga put his mic back Yeah, how you like that? Break both arms, ain't no way to fight back Taking over anything, I'm married to the beat like a fucking wedding ring SG and Great Logic, say the fucking name, nigga Yeah, SG, Great Logic, yeah D-E-K, uh, going in for the year A hundred bars of death for y'all niggas Straight like Thunderbolt, that. nigga. Yeah. 